1: Why Bloody Valentine? I'm Rich and I'm here with Carolyn. Hi. And we just watched The Black Phone. Black Phone. Ooh. It's very scary.
0: It was scary. It
1: was kind of scary. Fair warning we were both coming down with some bullshit cold and we sound absolutely horrible. We will do our best to keep the coughs and grunts and groans to a minimum. But we can't make too many promises. I
0: can guarantee there's going to be too many sniffles. I'm sorry.
1: I'm pretty sure there's just going to be a throat clearing that I'm not going to be able to edit out. I'm sorry. We'll try to do it when neither of us is talking. So you're back from pig picking.
0: Oh, my God. It was not a pig pig picking. I told you they had it catered. Was it? they had it catered with barbecue pig, but still.
1: So somewhere. Someone
0: picked that pig.
1: Yes. Someone picked the pig. So for you to enjoy.
0: Yeah. I didn't eat it, though.
1: No? No. Good times had by all. You haven't sounded too country, though, since coming back. I've, I've noticed it here and there, but I don't think it'll be a big issue on the podcast. Good. Your normal cadence is generally intact. So I guess we shall get on with the cast. Ethan Hawke stars as The Grabber. Second movie in a row where the main character doesn't have an actual name. It's kind of fucked up. Hawk is best known for movies like um, potential Y Bloody Valentine film The Purge. <laughs> oh my fucking god, I have a typo in my notes. <clears throat> I promise you, he was not in the Deaf Poet Society. He was in the Dead Poet Society. <laughs> um, the Deaf Poet Society, probably a pretty good comedy. None of them can hear any of the poetry. Training Day and Reality Bites. He's also very well known as Maya Hawk's father who was Robin in Stranger Things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Maya Hawke's mother, the great Uma Thurman. So she comes from very talented acting stock.
0: Yes, she does.
1: We love her, so we love Ethan Hawke. Second up, we got Maya Cazares Mora as Robin. He is best known for um, Black Phone, because this is the only movie he has ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, He was awesome in it. Mason Thames is another young actor with very, very few credits. He plays Finney. Jeremy Davies plays Mr. Shaw. He was in Saving Private Ryan and Twister, so he's been in some stuff. Yeah. And honestly, most of the top-billed cast doesn't have a super deep filmography at all. But I'd be remiss not to mention Madeline McGraw as Gwen. Okay. This is a very young and inexperienced cast. They did well. Yeah. I was going to say, keep that in mind when you're watching this movie, that they're very inexperienced. I was going to kind of make it seem like, oh my God, maybe they sucked. They didn't suck.
0: They did not suck. They did
1: not suck. I I even dug really deep to try to find anybody in this movie that was in another movie we've done on the podcast, because I like that. No one. So, on to the movie. It's a Blumhouse film. Blumhouse gets, like, a ton of shit by horror purists and nerds, but they're, like, leading the resurgence in mainstream horror, which is undeniably a good thing, so I think people should kind of lay the fuck off them, because you're getting all these horror blockbuster movies now. Horror is back in the theaters. It's popular again, and it's largely because of companies like Blumhouse and A24 that are putting out larger-budget horror movies, and by larger budget, I mean just not some dude making it in the forest with his friends. Mm-hmm. Like These are not earth-shattering budgets they're putting out there, but it's millions of dollars that otherwise weren't getting put in the horror movies. So kind of fucking cool it, maybe. Maybe appreciate it a little bit. We started a baseball game. Finney is our pitcher. Two quick strikes. Pitch number three, bomb.
0: Home run. A walk-off.
1: Devastating. The girl he was checking out, she fucking skedaddles without him. I thought Finney and Bruce hated each other based on their glares. Yeah. Um, but they were really gracious with each other after the game. They seemed to get along just fine yeah. in that short moment of time they were there. So they were both just very said competitive. Had a good arm. Yeah. What do you say? Um, killer arm or something? Something like that. Almost had me. Yep. This has that small town suburban feel we always talk about the boomer aesthetic. That's this place that might seem like a criticism and a lot of times when I say that it is this time it's really not uh they use it to great effect in this movie it all feels super real and like of the time so it doesn't seem like a movie that was made about the 70s it feels a little bit like a movie that was made in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, it's not like super polished which I think is a trap a lot of Movies and shows fall into like stranger things stranger things is a movie about the 80s or a show about the 80s, but you can kind of tell they're making it now. It's too good. Like it's too nice and too good. And I think that sets a nice atmosphere, but while Bruce rides his bike home, a black van pulls in front of him and it's time for opening credits. We get abandoned kids, skin knees, missing posters and that American Horror Story style music, everyone uses now. Yeah. I'm getting a little sick of that. Every intro to everything is like the American Horror Story intro, kind of. Breakfast time. Dad seems like he's a real dick. Noise is not his thing.
0: Yeah, he seems hungover.
1: I Yeah, and he is. I will be like, oh my God, there's too much noise going on. But not when it's just normal Around the house noise.
0: Well, it depends if every single person in the house is making a normal around the house noise. It can be overwhelming to yes. neurodivergent people like e- us.
1: Yes, but like I don't. I'm like ah, go outside because everybody's chewing. It's when everybody's screaming and stuff that it really bothers me. But this guy, it's like chewing. Um, she opened the toaster oven or whatever a little the bread too box. loud. Yeah, the bread box. So he's either really hungover or he is a superhero.
0: Or he's a dick.
1: Yeah. We'll find out. Two of those options are true. Yeah. And it's not the superhero one. Spoiler alert. No. In fact, he he arguably is a shitty hero because the kid fucking watches TV while he sleeps on the couch. And yeah. it doesn't wake him up, so.
0: Yeah. A horror movie, too.
1: The kids are talking Happy Days versus Partridge Family, and that's how you know that this is firmly in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, Happy Days was one, too, that I think kind of captured the time it was supposed to be taking place as the time it was made. I don't know if it was just because I was a kid, but I thought Happy Days was just an old-ass show from, like, the 50s. I didn't think, like, when I was watching it in the 80s, it was made in the, the 70s. Right. But wait, there's a fight. This Hispanic kid beats another child very nearly to death. The racist bully dickhead got what he had coming, but this is Robin... Robin, don't fuck around. No. He beat this kid severely.
0: And very easily.
1: Very easily. There's a big bully, way bigger than him, and he whoops his ass. And like any good movie made before 1990, he uses some karate in it. Yes, he did. Because karate was a shit back then. Karate's still the shit. Like, don't sleep on, like, kung fu movies, guys. There's an urban myth that if you say his name, The Grabber, he will get you. Finney will not say his name. So much for that urban myth. Yeah. Grab Grabs his ass, eventually. I don't know if he grabs his ass, but he grabs him. (laughs) Finney's running to the bathroom. He's hiding from his bullies. But he's saved by Robin, the karate master, who also loves Bruce Lee and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. So, like, I did Taekwondo when I was a kid. I love Bruce Lee and Kung Fu movies. And I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: So you are Robin? I am
1: Robin in this scenario.
0: Okay, I'm Batman.
1: Okay. Well no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not your sidekick. No, you
0: said you're you're Robin. No, you wanted not... to be Robin. I'm Fuck, Batman. Fuck,
1: not that Robin. I'd rather be this Robin than that Robin.
0: All robins are the same. I'm Batman. Fuck. I'm Batman.
1: God, I was outplayed. I'm
0: Batman.
1: What is Batman like in his water?
0: Just ice. Just ice.
1: <laughs> the cops have Gwen. She's Finney's sister. She's dreaming about the kidnapping and the kids, the cops are grilling her. But she's a firebrand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to spit it out. I don't know why it's so funny, but I died when she said it and I'm dying now thinking about her. <laughs> she calls the cops dumb fucking fart knockers.
0: <laughs> yes, she did.
1: <laughs> we need after to. <laughs> the,
0: after the principal told her to watch her mouth. <laughs>
1: We need to get back to calling cops and assholes in general dumb fucking fart knockers. The first time I heard fart knocker was definitely on Beavis and Butthead, too. So, like, I don't even know if that was in the lexicon in the 70s, but my God, do I appreciate this little girl calling two cops dumb fucking fart knockers in front of the principal. I Mm -hmm. love it. She's awesome. She is so fucking cool in this movie.
0: Yeah. She's like Max.
1: Yeah, she is like Max. She's a lot like Max. Finney and Gwen separate. Finney does make it home eventually. Um, his dad is pissed drunk, and he's watching a movie. The movie is The Tingler from 1959. It's an amazing William Castle movie starring the great Vincent Price.
0: Okay, but we're talking about this movie, so you don't have to go into that movie's whole cast, okay?
1: Okay. Quickly, it's almost a crime. We haven't watched any Vincent Price movies for the podcast but I generally shy away from the older, older stuff like that because I fear you'll think they're boring. I will. And you can... I can I can live with you not liking the movies and doing the podcast. I can live with you loving the movies and doing the podcast because I think the podcast can still be good. Like, You know what I mean? If you yeah. love it, if you hate it, yes. If it's boring, though, it's fucking death on the podcast. We sit here for an hour...
0: With me trying not to fall asleep. Yeah, it I'm is. I'm just as bored during the podcast as I am during the movie
1: it is legitimate death I feel like just crawling under the table sorry giving you how am I
0: supposed to liven up a movie that's put me to sleep
1: give you guys 45 minutes of dead air and Carolyn sniffing hey sorry Batman it's morning and this piece of shit dad is beating Gwen with a belt because the cops came to his work She smashes his bottle, he is very upset This is an $8 bottle of vodka Which I guess was kind of expensive in the 70s Yeah, I wouldn't know Like if someone smashed my $8 bottle of vodka now I'd be like, well fuck, I would not care that it was $8 Yeah Because that is the cheapest bottle of vodka there is And I probably didn't like it But I would be like, well now I can't drink Also, it's only 8 in the morning So I shouldn't be, so, okay I looked like he was having a um, vodka orange juice That's what it looked like This causes him to beat her more um, apparently their mother used to have premonitions too. This scene really, really upset me. Yeah. Well I was too. I was I was very upset by it. Yeah. I did not like it.
0: It was very realistic. It
1: was yeah. It was very upsetting. And I mean it's it's good but
0: in the sense that we should probably trigger warn people that <laughs> there is child abuse in, in this, this movie. Yes.
1: I, I would argue the movie is basically about child abuse and the cycles of child abuse and all that shit. Yeah. I would argue that's probably a lot of what this movie is about because even the grabber acts like a fucking child sometimes. Yeah,
0: and he plays the game. Yes. Naughty boy, like going to beat. Yes. Yeah. This
1: is very much.
0: It's very about heavy child... of child abuse.
1: Yes, very much so. Which does not make it bad.
0: It's no.
1: absolutely not bad, but it is something to consider before you watch it. If you haven't already watched it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that you shy away from in movies if they trigger you. And if child abuse is one of them, this is one of those movies.
1: And I think that's part of it, too. Um, Most of the time when, like, a kid gets beat by their parents in a movie, you see up at the dad or, like, the kid's face or something. This This is him beating the shit out of her. Center frame, you see all of it. Yeah. It's... And it's so well acted that it's very upsetting. It, yeah. it upset me. Not to be a downer. But it was pretty fucking brutal. And movies usually don't get me like that anymore. And now Robin is walking alone. We see a man get out of a van and we fade to black. So you know what happened there. Grabber got him. Yep. Dipshit dad gets a phone call. He seemingly doesn't have the guts to tell him he's missing, but they they do know. So did he leave and come back and tell them or what? It's hard to say because he just kind of asks if he knows him and then he walks away. So maybe they just put two and two together. Yeah. Finney does believe in Gwen's dreams. He wants her to do it on demand. She says she can't do it on demand, but damn it, she's going to try it. Um, Trying in this case is praying to Jesus about it. She will follow him forever if he helps. A common thing that kids do. When I was a child, there were these toys. They were um, crash test dummies. Remember how famous the crash test dummies were? Well, they were, at first, for people that don't know, they were like a public service announcement cartoon about wearing your seatbelt. And then somehow, they got so popular that they became a cartoon series on Saturday mornings which means, and if you become a cartoon series on Saturday mornings, that means toys. Yes. That's the whole entire point of having the cartoons. Like, He-Man was made to sell toys. Yes. So, the crash test dummy toys start coming out. And they were also a shitty band and saying so mm-hmm, Once, there was this girl. That Do band. You
0: have to sing on every <clears throat> podcast. Kind of get
1: it in there. Anyway, they came out with these toys, and they would break apart. And I had a purple one. I think it was purple. It had a button in the middle that would shoot his arms and his legs and his head off, but his arm wouldn't go back on. So I had, like, the three-limbed one because his arm wouldn't go back on, and I kept trying to put the arm on. I'm putting it on, I'm putting it on, and it wouldn't work, and I'm crying because my toy won't work. It's brand new, and it won't work. And instead of just telling a parent, which is what I never, ever did. I never told anyone when I was having a problem. I cried, and I talked to my father, really, Jesus. I said, um... All this shit. I'll go to church. I'll be a true believer. I am now a Satanist because that fucking toy never, ever worked. Gwen, thankfully, has better results with the man upstairs. Oh, my God. It's morning. The police are already at her door. They seem to believe her. Like, they're not the best cops, but usually in horror movies, they write this girl off immediately. Instead, they'll write somebody else off who they should not have written off later. Regardless, Finny lost his protection, and now the bullies got Finny. They're beating the shit out of him. Gwen comes out of nowhere like a fucking WWE run-in and hits this motherfucker with a rock. Yes. in the Really bad.
0: Really bad. Really fucking bad. out of his head.
1: He could be dead. Yeah. <laughs> she hit him so bad with this rock.
0: Yes. I don't understand how he didn't die or at least lose consciousness.
1: He was in that that point where he was just sitting there staring in the space mm-hmm. because he was in shock. His body was in shock. This child probably has a fractured skull. Yeah. It's never addressed. You, know, I don't even know if she got in trouble for it. Yeah. <laughs> but she brains this fucking kid with a rock. Yep. And she gets beat up a little bit too. Yeah. And well, then she goes and sits like next to him by the fence.
0: Kicks her in the face.
1: Yeah. So she has a busted lip, but she really did not get the worst of it.
0: Kicking a girl in the face.
1: Yeah. The biggest piece of shit move.
0: Worst of the worst. Yeah. The fucking face. Yeah.
1: That's how you kill somebody. Another way to kill somebody, though, is smash them in the head with a rock.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that'll do Um,
1: it. Neither happened, though. I don't think. I don't know if that kid died. He very well might have fucking brain damage. But he's not on
0: your list your death list well no
1: i can't confirm he's dead or not he could be like like um on life support (laughs) he could be he could have a traumatic brain injury Mm -hmm. i would not be surprised if he had a traumatic brain injury the blood was pouring out of this poor child's head yes he really got fucked up though
0: head wounds do bleed really bad
1: yes that's why wrestlers wrestlers always get so much blood when they blade their fucking foreheads yeah that and
0: it's mixed with sweat too. sweat
1: yeah so now it's frog dissection day. I never dissected a frog.
0: I moved the year before I had to dissect a worm in North Carolina. And then in Pennsylvania, they dissected frogs the year before. So I missed it in you both never, places.
1: You never dissected anything? No. I got the worm.
0: We were, we were supposed to dissect a worm in 12th grade down there and dissect a frog in 11th grade up here. And I moved up between 11th and 12th.
1: So, parents take a lot of pictures of their children. Like, if you catch a fish, that's a reason to take a picture. If you shot a deer hunting or whatever, that's a reason to take a picture, I guess. Um, Playing sports, all that stuff. Any of the achievements. In my school, we had to dissect a worm, pin its carcass open on a piece of cardboard, pull out its five hearts, put them in a row... And then we turned the cardboard around, held it, so our teachers could take a picture of us to give to our parents.
0: That is disgusting. That is
1: fucking weird. Yeah. Why did we do that? I don't know. That's messed up. Why did they do crazy shit in the 90s? That's real weird. Yeah. Good news for Finny, though. Donna is going to be his partner. He's been, she's been the one he's been oogling the whole fucking movie.
0: And it was her idea.
1: Yes. They split up again. So they split up every day after school. One goes home, one goes somewhere else.
0: No, this was Friday. Only on Fridays
1: that happened. Is it only on Fridays? Yeah, because
0: she said, it's Friday.
1: Yeah, she's going to sleep. That's after. But the day before, they split up too. I think she was saying, it's Friday. I'm going to sleep at my friend's. Yeah. And he was like, okay. But they always split up. One of them always goes home. It happened multiple times before this. I think it's so they can take care of their dad.
0: Yeah, well, then he says, I'll take care of dad.
1: Yeah. I think that's why, though. Like, they have this agreement that at least one of them has to go home so they can take care of their fucking piss-drunk father.
0: Yeah. Well, somebody's got to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, instead, fucking Finney runs into a part-time magician. Yeah. Here's the thing. You'd think somebody would have noticed this fucking van around the crime scenes every time. It's a little bit of a hole. It's a very recognizable van. It is completely fucking black. Someone probably would have noticed this. Not a major hole, but it's not nothing either. This is the most recognizable van in history. He might as well be abducting people in a fucking ice cream truck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Finney gets grabbed, and he does manage to slice his arm pretty good. What'd he slice him with, that rocket?
0: The rocket, yeah.
1: He never took the rocket from him. He had the rocket the whole movie. Yeah. The grabber's... Um, Wearing what will be a very popular Halloween mask this year. I have a feeling we'll see a lot of grabbers this year. He's chastising Finney for slicing him. Um,
0: Yeah, he really got me.
1: Yeah. He's kind of like chastising him, but also like, good job, slugger. Mm -hmm. Like if we would have called him champ at this point, I'd have been like, huh.
0: Yeah, yeah." it was both.
1: Yeah. Uh, Finney's just waking up from being drugged, so he does not know what the fuck is going on.
0: But he promises him he's not going to do anything that... He didn't choose to do.
1: Yeah, he is seemingly also a good host. He reassures him. He brings him a soda, and locks him up so he's safe down there. Mm -hmm. Don't want anybody getting him. It does seem like a rookie mistake to not disarm Finny, though. Like it never comes up. So rocket toy, though. Yeah, but he sliced his arm like in half with the fucking thing. Uh, The basement's pretty big. It's a big basement. It's about what you'd get if you paid $2,000 a month in New York City. You'd get a toilet, a mattress on the floor, and those rooms.
0: Yeah. which It's, it's a full basement. Yeah,
1: big for a basement, not so much where you want to live. And it has one window, which you're lucky to get in New York City at that price. Mm-hmm. Daddy calls Gwen. She knows now, and she's running home. Cops are everywhere. This poor fucking girl.
0: Yeah, because he is her best friend. And they are very close.
1: She She's his everything. They are raising each other Yeah, at this point. They have a very deep bond yeah. that comes through very well in the movie.
0: Well, that's what happens with trauma.
1: Yes. Back to Jesus. Finney is awakened by the phone. Grabber sees him answer. Phone doesn't work. Grabber is weirdly into making it seem like he's not going to hurt this kid when he's totally going to hurt this fucking kid. Mm-hmm. Like he said, what do you say? You're not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything
0: he doesn't choose to do. So
1: disobeying pu- and getting punished was his choice. Right. Fuck you. Fuck off, grabber.
0: Yep. He's not going to hurt him unless he chooses to get hurt.
1: Yeah. Which I think you got to put that on the table. You yeah. Let him know that. It's not yeah. really a choice if he doesn't know right. that that's a potential consequence. There is a window, though, just out of reach. To his credit... Benny is pretty reasoned and even keeled while he's down in this basement. He's not freaking out. He has a a positive mental attitude for the most part. He does a pretty good job keeping it together. Phone is ringing again, and still no one. Grabber just watching him sleep like a fucking weirdo. He just wanted to look at him. So, So in case you were wondering if Grabber's weird... Pretty fucking weird.
0: Yeah, and he said he was hungry. He was like, why do you keep coming down here if you're not gonna fucking feed me?
1: Yeah, I don't understand why he can't feed him. Apparently, we do find out why, because yes. his fucking brother is there. Um, yeah, Grabber's a weirdo. He wears this mask. He wears half a mask. He talks in this little sing song voice and this deep voice when he's pissed. Mm-hmm. He's fucking wacko. Ethan Hunt's awesome. Ethan Hawk is awesome. And the fucking phone is ringing again. This time, they're static. Someone says his name, so he hangs up in terror. Yeah. Which, don't do that.
0: So he was not scared of the grabber and was even running his mouth to him. But someone says hello in a phone, and he freaks out.
1: Yeah, and it's especially bad when, like, you need somebody to save you. Yeah. Somebody calls, asks for you, and you're like, ah, and you hang up on him. That's the person you're going to try to get to save you. Don't do that.
0: Yeah, don't do that.
1: So now he won't even answer it. Eventually, they call enough times that he does answer it. Thank God. So what happens to these people? I'll explain what we're dealing with here. They get killed. They kind of haunt the basement. They lose memories of their personal life, but they can kind of remember other people. And they can like.
0: they hold on to, like, certain things. Like, one of them knew they were a baseball player. Right. And But, uh,
1: but the first thing they forget is their names. Yeah,
0: they, they forget their names. They forget... But they hold on to why they're there and that they hate this guy so much. They want their revenge.
1: Yes. So we find out this is Bruce. Bruce is the kid that hit the home run off him. The phone always rings, but they couldn't hear it. Finny can hear it. Grabber can hear it. So what leads me to believe is they all have some sort of skills with premonitions and stuff like that. Finney gets it from his mom. He is the same thing as Gwen, just not as extreme as Gwen's. Mm-hmm. That's why he can hear it. The other kids couldn't hear it because they don't have any of those powers whatsoever. The Grabber has some, and um, the two the two kids have. Yeah. It. He's to dig under the loose tile. We cut to some grainy home movie footage of Bruce just to make you sad. Gwen is dreaming. Yes. She saw the house. So it's time for a late night bike ride. Crazy. Very dangerous. Don't do that. Never. Finny is digging and flushing the dirt.
0: Which is very smart.
1: Yes. He's not a fucking dumb kid. He's a very smart kid.
0: And when he gets thirsty, he just pulls the back off the tank.
1: And drinks out of that. And drinks
0: out of that because clean, fresh water. Yes. He's smart.
1: Yes, he's a smart kid. Good kid, smart kid. And they're having school. I can't believe they're having school like I was incredulous when two people died in the Freddy Krueger movies and they had school. Mm. These people are being kidnapped after school and they're still having school. Yeah. Knock it off. But Finney has some hope and some food. Grabber left the door open. Both noticed it. But the phone rings cuz it's a trap. Yeah,
0: he op- he starts opening the door and the phone rings like urgently.
1: We get a jump scare. One of probably two jump scares in this movie. Yeah,
0: was this one three. got
1: you. The other ones didn't.
0: Right. But this one got me good.
1: Yeah, it really did. Yeah. I think I yelped. Yeah, you did. Um. This is Billy. Billy actually shows up. The grabber is waiting to beat Finney with the belt.
0: Yeah, he said he's waiting up there for you.
1: Um, he wants you to, go to up walk there. up there so yeah. that he can beat you. Finney is not making the smart choice here after hearing about this. He's going up those stairs. At the top of the stairs? A shirtless grabber with a belt. Yes. Very, he still has a mask on. Yes. But he's very, shirtless. Pretty unsettling. He has to keep the mask on. Yeah. He can't let them see his real face. That's like a big thing for him. Yep. Discretion is the better part of Valor, though. He turned around and had his breakfast. So the dead kids can see what's going on. Billy doesn't want to be called Billy. He hit a cable. It's for the window. And now we get a home movie of Billy the Paperboy. Every time we get one of these home video with the shittier picture quality, that's Gwen's dream. She's gotten another great look at the house. Jesus is really coming through for her. He's doing a lot of heavy lifting here when when he couldn't help me like with a spring. Once. This kid better be careful or he's gonna get caught though. Making all that noise down well, they can't hear the noise, apparently.
0: Yeah, he said he soundproofed it himself.
1: Yeah, but um he's doing a lot of work. And it's risky. Yeah. Especially once he rolls the carpets over there.
0: When he pulls the grate sound out the window. Yeah. Like that's noticeable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I can't see how he didn't notice that something was fucked up there. Like in the end, towards the end of the movie, the grate was still down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in theory, if he could stack those fuckers up there and jump, he could get out that window. So, but that's why, I was wondering why the carpets were there. They were left there, so the kids would stack the carpets and try to get out the window. And he would see the carpets there and know they were trying to escape and then play play Naughty Boy with them. Yes. He is smart, though. He did get the cable through the window. And started climbing the wall. He got it through with the um carpet. Yeah. Carpet roll. He... But
0: then he put it back.
1: Right. The metal thing broke. And like I said, that's going to be fucking noticeable. Apparently not. No one noticed. Gwen confides in her dad. He promised her he won't get mad. It's about her dreams. I was pretty fucking worried here. Yeah. He's very drunk, like always. The dad does believe the powers her mother had were maybe real. The mom couldn't take it and killed herself. His drinking makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah. He doesn't want her to think her dreams are true because he doesn't want her to end up like their mother. Which I get, but if the dreams are true, beating her with a belt doesn't change that. Correct. So it he doesn't drives make
0: her stop her. having them too.
1: No, they're still gonna happen. He drives her. So he's starting to believe, and he's desperate. The cops are all around the neighborhood where Finney is. Mm -hmm. They knock on a door and some fucking weirdo named Max is obsessed with this case. He has pinpointed where the grabber lives, he thinks. Cops completely ignore him. He also left cocaine in the table, which they also said, hey, we might want to clean that up, buddy. Let Mm -hmm. it know that they knew.
0: And that they didn't believe him because he was fucking high.
1: Yeah. He's also the brother of the grabber and they were in the house that Finney was in. Yep. (laughs) So, I mean, they were there. Yep. Speaking of the devil, we got the grabber bringing him some food. He also wants to know the kid's name, which is unusual for him, supposedly. I don't know if he's lying about waiting until after he kills them to find out their names. I think he was doing this to see if he would lie. Just to see if he would lie. But Finny lies. Bad fucking move. He also left the door open again. Finny runs for the door. Phone rings. Once again, grabber waits with a belt. He's falling the fuck asleep, though. Finny, too, falls asleep for a little bit. He's awaking by dripping and a floating dead body that points to the phone. Yeah. Why did they not just call?
0: Yeah. Why did the line across the wall... Like, why did they... They panned across this, like, dark line all the way across the wall.
1: I think it was blood. Oh. The dead body points to the phone. This is Griffin. The grabber is worried the brother is going to figure it out. Finny isn't playing the game. The game, as we said, is Naughty Boy. Yeah. Finny has been listening too well. Which, thank God they got Finny and not the sister. Or she he would have killed her in the van.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Griffin is sleeping in his chair. Griffin is not sleeping in his chair. Griffin says the grabber is sleeping in his chair. This could be his chance. The door has a bike lock. The combination is on the wall. Finney is gonna play naughty boy right now. Two three three one seven, but that can be many combinations. Got to try them all. The kid doesn't remember. We just know that he wrote it on the wall. Yep. Honestly, probably be better off just grabbing a kitchen knife and stabbing him in the throat while he sleeps. Agreed. Might have been a better move.
0: Kill him and then worry about the combination afterwards.
1: Yeah. He's trying every combination. It's extremely tense. He gets it, but the fucking dog starts barking. He's out for now, but the the grabber, like, hits him with the van. He tackles him. The kid does get out a scream. He does alert the neighbors, but the grabber puts a knife to his throat and threatens to kill him if he says anything.
0: Gut him like a fish.
1: Yeah. So, again, discretion, the better part of valor. He probably made the right choice, at least temporarily. Sadly, though, he has to go back to the basement for that. That was really tense, all of it. The the combination lock scene was so fucking tense. It dense. was.
0: Yeah, that was brutal.
1: I held my breath for like five minutes of this fucking movie.
0: Mm-hmm. It was good, though. Like, it was a good tense. It wasn't like... It was That wasn't the part that I had to look through my eyes, was it? My, through I my hands?
1: I don't remember if that was it.
0: I always looked through my eyes.
1: I think that might have been when the brother came down the stairs. Now she's blasting Jesus, though. This is Gwen.
0: Yeah, she's like, what the fuck, Jesus? She gives
1: him two what the fucks. Now she's questioning his existence? Yeah. I feel her. Phone is ringing. He's saying, fuck you, for some reason. They've been helping him. Like, he's yelling at the people that are helping him. This is Vance. Apparently, today is the day, according to Vance. Yeah. Vance reminds me of Billy from Stranger Things. Which every everything reminds me of something from Stranger Things at this point. He beat the fuck out of someone for ruining his pinball score and then carved something into their arm, which was the address. I thought it was his high score in the pinball game, which would have really? made more sense. That would have been, yeah. This guy is a piece of shit, unlike the rest of the kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He probably played Naughty Boy right away.
0: Yeah.
1: This is a dream, by the way. Gwen is in the cop car with him having a major, major dream. She knows the address now, because what mm-hmm. he carved is the address. They get dropped off, and it's at the address. It's such a major dream that he is yelling at Billy in the cop... Or not Billy. um, Finn. Finn in the cop car, and she can hear Finn talking back. Yeah. He gave him a way out, but not to help him to get back at the grabber. That's all this guy wants. The rest of the kids...
0: They wanted to help.
1: Yeah. Not Vance.
0: No, he's not a nice guy.
1: Vance seems different. It seems crazy that this guy would have been able to kidnap Vance. At all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Finny gets through the wall. He takes um, Vance's advice. Knock through the wall, get in the freezer.
0: But it's one of those freezers with like a latch.
1: Yeah, so he you can't get you can't through. You can just push
0: it open. You no. have to nope. pull the handle and yeah. unlatch it first.
1: You'd have a very hard time kicking down that door. He can't get it open. He never gets an open, but he does realize there's meat in there. All these things that don't work—they
0: do help eventually. Help
1: him eventually.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He finally cracks, though. He starts sobbing on the floor. Phone is ringing. He gets exactly what he needs. Robin. It's Robin.
0: All Batman needs a Robin. Yeah. Including me.
1: Yeah. He's given the mega pep talk. He's also teaching him how to fucking fight. Fill the phone with dirt. Raise the phone. Take a, take a step back, fast step forward, step back, and swing.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, practice it over and over.
1: Over and over. He fills it with dirt.
0: Pack it in tight.
1: Yep. He also home alone some shit so he can trip the guy if need be. Mm-hmm. Everything comes in handy. Gwen is out in the rain looking for the house alone in her yellow rain jacket. She if sees.
0: It, she's giving off some it vibes.
1: Yeah, yeah, her yellow rain jacket. There's a lot. Of, she's looking for joy right now. In the rain, right now. Yeah.
0: like the pouring rain, and yeah.
1: Yeah. She sees all the dead kids. This-
0: Also, it vibes.
1: Yeah, this naturally makes her fall off the bike. Yeah. Right in front of the house. She's found it. She's calling the cops. For his part, the grabber is out shopping. He's getting lie and all kinds of not good shit. His brother, he's snorting cocaine. And having an epiphany. Yep. To their credit, the cops believe this girl. Yeah. They do not say, get the fuck out of here. They're like, we'll take anything. We'll take any help. So unlike cops in most movies where they're like, get out of here, stupid kid. Or the cop from Killer Clowns. Yeah, they actually
0: came to her multiple times to ask for help.
1: Yeah, especially after she called her a fucking fart knocker. (laughs) She called them a fucking fart knocker. Gwen goes back to the house. She gets there before the cops do, which I was like, oh, God, no. Max is going to the basement. This is the climax of the movie, and it feels just like the perfect time to have the climax of this movie. Mm -hmm. Pacing. Some people said it was slow. I thought the pacing was awesome in this movie. I thought it was good. No more phone calls. He ripped the fucking cord in half. It can't happen. Everything is coming together.
0: It's not like it was happening because it was a real phone anyways.
1: Right. Everything coming together now is kind of poorly coming together. Like, you don't want Max to know at this point. You wanted Max to know 45 minutes before. Yeah. Max enters. I thought Finney was going to beat the shit out of Max with the phone. hmm That's not what happens. Max is like, you want to know how I found you? He wants to tell him the whole story and shit like a cokehead. He cannot stop fucking talking. Yeah. Because he's done too much cocaine. And he's so
0: excited. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is fucking cocaine Max. This is him. Yep. He will not shut the fuck up and just do what he has to do. So what ends up happening is Max gets an axe to the head. The first kill they show in this movie. Mm -hmm. I have one kill and then five dead kids because you never see them die at all.
0: Mm, You see the killer die?
1: Two kills. Yeah, two kills. (laughs) (laughs) And five dead kids that you never see die. But Max gets an axe to the head. The cops are here now. He's killed his brother. And he's calling in the dog because he wants us to be slow, which I was like, okay, he's going to sick the dog on him.
0: I thought that he was going to let the dog like eat him.
1: Yeah. I was like, this is going to really fuck up the plan. That's not what happens. He changed the dog, changed the dog up for some reason. He
0: changed the dog next to the bottom of the stairs so that he can't run past the dog or the dog will eat him.
1: Right. Cops are inside. Finney trips him into that hole and he breaks his fucking ankle.
0: Yeah. Like bad.
1: Real bad. Even the fucking stupid great.
0: Yeah, that's what broke it. That's
1: what broke it because it was in there like on an angle so when he fell through he turned his ankle and broke it in that stupid hole. Every single thing they taught him none of it got him out of there but all of it was necessary to get him out of there. It was
0: all useful. Except the phone. He never hit with the phone.
1: He hits him with the phone.
0: Never mind. He chokes him with the phone. Phone cord. I thought he he was hitting him with something else.
1: No, he beats the shit out of him with the phone while he's in the hole.
0: Oh, he was hitting him with the phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. After
1: his mask comes off. Well, before his mask comes off, then he pulls his mask off. Yeah. And then the guy covers up, and he can't do anything. Because before that, when He's, he had his mask yeah, on, he was, to fight he was back. fighting back. But once his mask got ripped off, he was like a fucking luchador when they lose their mask <laughs> in wrestling. He just fucking covered his, covered face, his and face and took his it... goddamn beating.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, he chokes him a bit, and the phone starts ringing. All the kids start talking shit to him. He is
0: still actively choking this guy to death and reaches back. And puts the phone to his ear. <laughs> yeah, what does
1: he say? They want to, th- they want to talk to he's you? He's like,
0: it's for you. <laughs> yeah.
1: They all talk shit, <laughs> As and Finny snaps his neck. Yep. It's perfect.
0: It was. It was amazing.
1: The fucking Keystone cops finally realize there's a basement. We're still thinking maybe they're in the right house, like yeah. at this point. And they're going to go down there and see Finn fucking killing this guy. But no. Finn grabs a steak for the dog. Even the freezer came in handy. Yes,
0: everything Every came in handy. Every single thing
1: came in handy. It was awesome how it came together. And heads upstairs. The
0: only thing I didn't like about that was the steak was floppy.
1: Yeah, it was in a freezer.
0: It was in a freezer. Although,
1: have. we don't know how long the fucking back of the freezer was off the freezer.
0: But even still, it was inside. Yeah,
1: it does take all fucking day to defrost the steak outside the freezer. Okay, but.
0: Yeah, okay. But he did. He threw a steak for the dog, and the dog's like, hmm, he eats the steak and he's able to go upstairs.
1: Cops find the graves. They are in the wrong house, apparently.
0: Well, they're in the right wrong house.
1: Yeah. Apparently, the grabber owns a house across the street where he buries the bodies. So she wasn't necessarily freeing Finny.
0: She was freeing the spirits.
1: She was freeing the spirits of those children. Back to the combination lock. I was like, oh, please, nothing. I've seen so many horror movies. I was waiting for the fucking grabber to run off. I thought for
0: sure he was not dead because they're never dead the first time is free. He just walks right out.
1: He was across the street. Gwen was ra- waiting for him and a hug. Honestly, if the grabber would have still been alive, it would have dinged the movie for me. Like, just stop. Yeah. I don't got to ask if you liked it because you said this was a damn good movie. Yeah. Dad is here begging for forgiveness, which, okay, but no more fucking beatings. That has to stop.
0: They didn't say anything.
1: No, they didn't necessarily forgive him. No, i could just... at least see considering it but
0: quit we're gonna, fucking drinking we're
1: gonna have to make some fucking changes here bub you fucking nightmare you yeah. didn't even know the kid was missing until that night he wasted precious hours you ever see the first 48 yeah finney back to school he's like a fucking legend for killing the grabber
0: mm-hmm. i already hit him with a phone yeah,
1: i already broke his neck and boy is he a confident young man now Sits right next to that girl. Says, just call me Finn. And that's it. So, yeah. This was great.
0: Yeah, I liked it.
1: It was tense. It was scary. It was extremely well acted. For For these kids having so few credits to their name, they were fucking awesome.
0: They were. They did really good.
1: Like, all the other kids were good. The kids that played Finney and Gwen were amazing. They were totally believable, totally totally relatable. I cared a lot about both of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't get over how good they were in it. In every part of it, all ranges of emotions, the violence, the laughter, the fear, the, the silent moments of them bonding, sitting in front of the TV or just staring at each other from across the streets.
0: They were so fucking good. They were. It was really good.
1: It wasn't really straight horror either. Um, it's it's it was very suspenseful. Yeah, and it's pretty scary. Like as far as that goes with horror movies, it melds horror and like s- suspense, psychological thriller pretty well. If you like, if you hate horror movies, you can watch this and like it probably. I think so. It wasn't full of jump scares, um, which is what I think it gets a lot of flack for people wanted more jump scares to make it scarier um but i like the they lack had
0: of... two or three really good ones and one that got me
1: yeah i think i kind of like the lack of jump scares because if you do it all the time it's just like a a quick easy gimmick like oh this is so scary because boo you know what mm-hmm. i mean um i only remember two it wasn't that big of a deal to me though as like there were a lot of points in this movie where you expected a jump scare and they didn't give it to you. Which is just a scare. Like the combination lock. Yeah, they let it they let you sit in it and breathe. Yeah. And they don't have to give you the jump scare. Because they were trying to build the tension of the moment. Yeah. Not just scare you.
0: And they succeeded.
1: Yeah, I think. It was think, very tense. I think for a movie like this, as opposed to like a traditional Friday the 13th or something like that. I think that works better than having just a bunch of jump scares. Mm -hmm. The Black Phone has an 82% critic score and an 88% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I gave it a five out of five on Letterboxd. I loved it. It was based on a a short story by Joe Hill. Do you know who Joe Hill is? I do not. The son of Stephen King, published in 2005, I am strongly considering picking up the book. It's a wow. book of short stories. The budget was 16 to $18 million. It's not clear. Somewhere in that range. And it made $156 million. Wow. A major well-deserved success. So like I said, they're not getting big budgets like what we think of big budgets, like a Marvel movie getting hundreds of millions of dollars in budgets. Uh-huh. But they're getting more than $1 million two million, a couple hundred thousand to make a movie. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like mainstream horror movies, the more mainstream horror movies there are, the more market there is for indie horror movies and lower budget horror movies. So I kind of leave Blumhouse alone a little bit because they're doing a lot of fucking work when it comes to the resurgence of horror. So we know you liked it. Where do you rank it? Top. Easy?
0: Yeah, it was even above um, The Lost Boys. Sorry.
1: That's all right. I'll accept that because like I said, I loved it. It's not my favorite movie. I probably could be more critical on it, but the things that blew me away, like really blew me away, especially the cast. I can't get over like how awesome it was. They were so fucking good. They should all get Academy Awards. Every one of them.
0: I don't see that happening
1: No, because it's horror. Sadly. So do you have anything else to add? No. Then say goodbye, Carolyn. Goodbye, Carolyn. I'm Batman.